वेलकम टू दिसोड टू ऑफ द बिहेवियर पॉडकास्ट एंड टूडे विल बी टॉकिंग अबाउट कल्चरल एवोल्यूशन एंड हाउ मॉडर्न सिविलाइजेशन केम टू बी इन द प्रीवियस एपिसोड वी टॉक्ट अबाउट बायोलॉजिकल बेसिस ऑफ एवोल्यूशन एंड हाउ इट अफेक्ट्स बिहेवियर लुकिंग एट द की ड्राइवर्स इन बोथ ह्यूमन्स एंड एनिमल्स अलाइक बट रिमेंबर दैट देर इज मोर टू बिहेवियर दैन जीन्स एंड हॉमोन्स फॉर ह्यूमन्स एट लीस्ट अ लॉट ऑफ हाउ वी आर टूडे इज बिकॉज ऑफ हाउ सोसाइटीज वो फॉर्म our societies were structured and how we interacted within those societies so let us dive deep into understanding how cultures evolved and how we went from anatomically modern to behaviorally modern but before we begin with today's episode please share this podcast with your families and friends and everyone you feel should know about stuff like this let the episode begin The earliest recorded skull of an anatomically modern human was found to be 195,000 years old in Ethiopia. But first signs of society, civilization, domestication, agriculture occurred only about 10,000 years ago. So what occurred in between those 180,000 years was trial and error and a lot of hunting and gathering. But before we get into all of that, what even is culture? What even is a society? how do we know that we are part of one so culture essentially is a collection of ideas customs knowledge values objects and behaviors it is formed and shaped by learning and interactions that is the simplest way to put it cultures are inherently complex entities formed by interactions of several components and can be as small as 10 people in a hunter gatherer society to 70 million in rome to 1.2 billion in modern day india humans migrated across the world into different directions africa eurasia america australasia the pacific all of them evolving into different cultures that we know and see today they were like colonies of bacteria on petri dish each creating distinct identities for themselves different kind societies and culture shape different behaviors of people who lived in them how society grows symbolizes the growth of humanity and that is what we intend to study gerhard lenski a famous sociologist has divided different societies over the time in human history into five categories the growth of these five societies have been exponential both in terms of population and time taken in transition from one to the other he named it socio cultural evolution in his view the first society was of hunter gatherers they were nomads migrating from one place to the other in search for food work for and they worked for food there was little to no inequality then came the pastoral and horticultural societies they were the first human settlement at permanent places where these societies were farmed for food they no longer had to work each day and find each day and hunt each day for food agriculture just like bipedalism that we discussed in the last episode was a leap of faith for humanity if it weren't for agriculture and surpluses that came with it we would have never had the world we see today they started having material surpluses showed up early signs of specializations within society then slowly sprung up civilizations farming was first recorded in the fertile crescent in what 
is now Iraq and Syria and ancient Egypt, followed by East Asia, Papua New Guinea, and then India. Agricultural surpluses that we talk about gave rise to greater population in smaller areas. Though it was though it also gave rise to diseases, it also helped adapt through developing immunity. Because of the enormous surplus produced, this agrarian society that we're talking about was becoming increasingly complex and the importance of family was slowly diminishing with social institutions and roles like of bureaucrats, judges, priests, doctors were emerging. This diversification of labor was just the first step towards kings and kingdoms and slowly led to feudalism. There was an increasing gap between rich and poor. Then with increasing technology and surplus came industrial revolution and with industrial revolution came the industrial society. There were highly urbanized populations, capital-based economies, which led to exploitation of workers, gave rise to ideas like Marxism. Societies were highly specialized with more social institutions like hospitals and banks coming up. When computer phase first came in 1970s and 80s, it was the time of post-industrial society focused on information, technology, and services. The first division into unequal, unfair, and undemocratic hierarchies started dividing man from man, man from woman, high from low. This talk of development of society and exploitation of humanity reminds me of a quote from John Jack Rousseau, a philosopher from the Enlightenment era, who famously said, the first person who having enclosed a plot of land took into his head to say, this is mine, and found people simple enough to believe him, was the true founder of the civil society. What crimes, wars, murders, what miseries and horrors would the human race have been spared of had someone pulled up the stakes or filled in the ditch and cried out to his fellow men, do not listen to this imposter. You are lost if you forget that fruits of this earth belong to all and earth to no one. Okay, now that we have traced some history of how human societies emerged, let us see how cultural evolution actually took place. Socio-cultural evolution that Lenski described is the process by which structural, structural reorganization is affected through time, eventually producing a form of form or structure which is qualitatively different from the ancestral form. I know it sounds quite mouthful, but stay with me. Anthropologists and sociologists often assume that human be beings have a natural and social tendency and that particular human social behavior have non-genetic causes and dynamics. Societies exist in complex social environments and adapt themselves to these environments. It is thus inevitable that all societies will change. Human culture, like I mentioned, encompasses ideas, behaviors, artifacts that can be learned and transmitted between individuals and that can change over time. This process of transmission and change is very reminiscent of Darwin's principle of descent with modification 
through natural selection. And Darwin himself drew this explicit link in the case of languages. He says, the formation of different languages and of distinct species and the proofs that both have been developed through a gradual process are curiously parallel. The advent of technology for revealing genomic variations have led to a plethora of studies that measure association between DNA variants and traits that have major cultural components, such as years of schooling, marriage choices, IQ results, and poverty. Perhaps because of the perceived greater precision of the genomic data, these culturally transmitted components have been relegated to a deep background, creating a misleading public portrayal of traits as being predetermined by genetics. The simple observation that cultural traits need not conform to Mendelian inheritance is sufficient to produce complex evolutionary dynamics. For example, if children are likely to reject a cultural trait that both of their parents possess, the frequency of that trait in the population may oscillate between generations. In addition, if two biological parents have different form of cultural traits, their children is not necessarily equal likely to acquire mother or father's form of trait. Theories of evolution seek to explain why species are the way they are. For many evolutionists, this means explaining the position of species of characteristics and its adaptation. It also means explaining diversity within species. Members of our own species are able to survive and reproduce in parts because of habits, know-hows and technologies that are only maintained by learning from others. They are initially generated as part of cumulative project that builds on discoveries made by others, collective learning that I talked about in the last episode. And our own species also contains subgroups with different habits, know-hows, technologies, which are once again generated and maintained through social learning. Social learning is also an important agent of adaptation and perhaps of speciations in animals. The question is not so much whether cultural evolution is important, but how theories of cultural evolution should be fashioned and how they should be related to more traditional understanding of organic evolution or biological evolution. The classical example of these interactions between cultural and genetic evolution is lactase persistence in adulthood. For example, in much of human history, there was little reason to digest milk after weaning and adults did not typically produce the enzyme di that digests lactose. However, with cultural practices of cattle domestication and dairying, a genetic mutation that enabled production of lactase enzyme in adulthood was strongly favored by selection and who, people who couldn't produce this enzyme have become lactose intolerant. Later on, after Europeans explorers set out to explore the world and started discovering people different from them and that they had never seen before or heard about and with rituals that they felt were barbarian and savages, attempted to explain these differences between them and these people. The 19th century unilineal evolution theories 
claim that these societies start out start out with primitive state and gradually become more civilized over time they equal the culture of western civilization with progress some forms of early socio cultural evolution unilinear theories have led to much criticized theories like social darwinism and scientific racism sometimes used by european imperial powers to justify existing policies of colonialism slavery and eugenics which was used by hitler in the nazi era the 17th century english philosopher thomas hobbes was very much mistaken when he described indigenous people as living in conditions in which there were no art no letters and no society and experiencing life as solitary poor nasty brutish and short his description encapsulates the era's popular conception of savage ignoring or unaware of variety of facts many indigenous people enjoy a much better standard of living than european peasants for instances hobbes and other scholars posited that everything was good and civilized resulted from slow development away from these lowly states towards higher states represented by the cultures in europe even rationalistic philosophers like voltaire implicitly assumed that upward progress of humankind was part of the natural order like i mentioned the english philosopher herbert spencer was among the first to first to work out the general evolutionary scheme that human societies from across the globe he held that human cultures evolved from less complex species to those that were more so people at first live in undifferentiated hordes then social hierarchies were formed with priests kings scholars workers and so forth and later accumulated knowledge that was differentiated into different sciences in short human societies evolved and by means of an increasing division of labor into complex civilizations then there is the famous dual inheritance theory which is a theoretical framework that says human biology and behavior are influenced by two lines of inherited information a genetic line which all species inherit from the biological parents and a cultural line unique to our species which we inherit from other members of society seems pretty obvious right the mutual interactive evolution of human biology and culture the concept that biology makes culture possible and that developing culture further influences direction of biological evolution a basic concept in understanding the unique components of human evolution like darwin's finches for example evolved due to their environment and resources medical systems like ayurveda in india siddha umami traditional medicines evolved in different areas because of the environment that they were part of and that is how languages evolved as well one might think then that maybe it is not so important to define culture it may be enough to argue that culture is not just a social transmission of behavior it's all of that complex symbolic and social stuff and it's part of dialectics rather than evolution and which can and has been analyzed from an enormous variety of interviewing humanistic and social sciences 
But in evolutionary emergence of human culture, it is a compelling scientific problem. When it comes down to anthropologists, they broadly agree that biocultural evolution is an important concept. The evolution of human culture is somehow connected to our capacity for language, tool making use and effective participation in really complex social networks. Humans learn from other humans in a variety of domains. Consequently, system of knowledges and behaviors are culturally transmitted in human population. Today, we try to explore and understand evolutionary basis and consequences of cultural transmission. How widespread is cultural transmission in animal kingdom? How does cultural transmission work in human population? And what product does cultural evolution deliver? So in the end, one of the main motivations for understanding human capacity for culture is that it appears to form the base of some of humanity's most surprising achievements sophisticated technologies, highly developed sciences, elaborate social or religious rituals that are product of cumulative process of evolution whereby each generation builds on achievements of the predecessor gradually and approximately monotony, monotonic ratcheting up the complexity and functionality. In the next episode, we will leave the anthropological view of behavior and dive deep into human self pretty much into nanometers and look how genetics affects our day-to-day life in a very exciting subject called behavioral genetics. So stick with me for the next episode and I will see you next week. Goodbye and don't forget to share this podcast.